Hello, and welcome to Your Next Career Step, a podcast from the Alumni UBC Career Education Program. I'm Nicole Yeasting. On the first three episodes of this podcast, we'll be exploring the idea of adapting through change. Now is the time that many are rethinking what it means to be a leader and looking for motivation and inspiration. Join us in conversation as we learn from industry experts and alumni about career and professional development over the course of this mini-series. Many leaders are now faced with leading a virtual team for the very first time. On today's episode, we are looking at virtual teams and how we can maintain a sense of connection with each other while working from home. I am talking to Magdalena Blasiek, a UBC alumna, certified leadership coach, project management professional, and owner of Shine Forward Consulting. Magdalena works with organizations in the areas of talent development, capacity building, and project performance, and helps individuals and teams navigate through uncertain times. Magdalena, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. As we are nearing three months since the World Health Organization announced a global pandemic, many of our alumni are working from home and some are now finding themselves leading a virtual team for the very first time. Although it is really important to note, while this change has impacted a lot of people, some folks have already been working virtually and the change hasn't been that drastic. And for yourself, you actually fall into that category where you, where your current and your previous work involved working with virtual teams. Can you tell me more about your experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so throughout my career, I've found myself in moments where I've worked with virtual teams um, in various capacities, sometimes on short-lived projects, sometimes on projects that required a bit longer planning. And it's been fantastic. Um, It's been wonderful to get to know some of my colleagues across the country or just sometimes within a province. So it's been loads of fun. With your with your current work, you're now working with various clients who may have shifted to working from the office to working from home. What has been the most drastic or challenging change for them as folks shift um, from the office to home? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. It's been a number of different things. It's A, having the right tools to get yourself set up. The other big piece is figuring out a new routine. That's been a big deal because people are normal, normally commuting to work or, or this and that. So it's getting into that mindset of work. So I've found a few of my clients have incorporated some some new routines to get things going. Um, And the other piece is turning things off. So turning off um, the work mode, right, um, at the appropriate times. But what's been also really interesting is getting to understand the rhythms of how do you work uh, with your colleagues uh, remotely, right, when you're working on a joint project or leading teams. So that's been also an adjustment that um, people have needed to make. So tell me about this routine. You, you mentioned you speak to some clients and they've now created a new routine. What does that look like for them? What has been the biggest shift? Yeah, so the biggest shift is really trying to get into that mindset of work and not just um, not just like opening up your laptop and working, but having the opportunity to take care of yourself first and some of your needs before jumping in. Because when, when you're not in a work and office environment, sometimes time just passes and you've realized you've 
you know, it's the end of the day and you've not shut off, right? So it's creating some routines around perhaps going for a movement walk in the morning. Perhaps some have been starting to do meditation or ways to get into a good, clear mindset. And also I found actually a number of clients are looking at end of day routine, which is allowing them to power down and disconnect. Because again, you know, it seems to be a 24 seven option now to be working or it feels like it is a 24 seven requirement. I want to take a step back, actually, because we we kind of threw out a couple terms. One is working virtually or, or working from home. Is there a difference between the two? It's been becoming more and more that employers are allowing some flexibility to work from home so people can have, you know, a day to work from home. But it is basically the same thing as working virtually. So whether it's working um, from a coffee shop or from your home office, um, working with your workmates that are in a particular location or others that are also working from home, it is basically the same thing. The same fundamental things occur. You're working um, using tools like Slack or Zoom or, or whatever. Whatever, to do your work and to collaborate in a, in a fashion that replicates interaction that you may have in a physical setting. Okay, so it sounds like for this podcast, we can use those terms sort of interchangeably, whether it's working virtually or working from home. The topic of this of this podcast is is about how to effectively lead virtual teams. So what are some common misperceptions that people have about leading virtually? people think sometimes is that it's business as usual, that you can just jump into uh, working just as if you would in person. But the reality is there do need, you do need to be a little bit more intentional about how you construct or form your work environment when you work virtually. So there has to be a lot more planning. There has to be a little bit more intention in terms of your leadership. And certainly uh, you need the communication needs to be really outlined and key. So one of the things, for example, is setting out clear expectations and roles and responsibilities. And do you think that will evolve or do you think, because we're now, I guess, three months since many folks um, have shifted to working uh, from an in-person setting to to working from home. So do you think that has and will evolve over time? Yeah, I think so. I've been seeing it actually in some of my conversations and in my experiences over time, you know, and especially during a type of crisis. So I used to work in emergency management and so you kind of kind of replicates this, right? So you really quickly ramp up just as we all did in the last couple of months just to get business going as usual. But that's not sustainable. So the, the same concept around working 24-7, those expectations are just not sustainable for the long term. So the intentions need to be pulled back. And I'm seeing that so far, people setting clear boundaries around work expectations, work-life balance, and how you interact with your colleagues, things around accountability or who works on what. Um, I think in this current setting, you know, you really need to get to know your your people as well that little bit more connection and intention for connection because people are working in all sorts of environments some people have um, children at home that they're currently homeschooling well that's not normal and that's not sustainable on a full-time basis so making you know a little bit giving a little bit of grace to people for um, such circumstances. And I think this is where a team can really come together and and shift in terms of the dynamics to see who can contribute a little bit more now and who can pull other um, resources in later. So there's 
certainly I'm seeing that shift happening. People are slowing down a little bit for that sustainability perspective. A big theme from our last podcast was being adaptable and being agile. So uh, I think those qualities and and skill sets are are really important, especially around uh, leading virtual teams. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if I could add, I think that's where, you know, focusing on communication again is key, really checking in with your individuals to see what is working, you know, being having those vulnerable conversations around what is working, what's not working, and that going both ways between the leaders and the the team members, right? I want to go back to your point about accountability. Um, You know, one thing I've heard is that there's been a shift from managing employees kind of in an in-person environment and shifting um, to met to more folks working from home. How can we build a culture of accountability when all of those things, like you mentioned before, of homeschooling or perhaps caring for other um, dependents at home, what can we do to continue to build a culture of accountability, but also recognizing that we are still in, in a living in a pandemic? Yeah, I think that it goes again towards there being very clear around roles and responsibilities and almost slowing down so that we can ramp up and go for longer, like a marathon. They've been comparing it to that. So I think it's important to have very clear expectations on roles and responsibilities and then checking in around timelines and capability. What are you capable of doing this week? What are what is getting in your way for you to be able to do that? And now is more than ever the time to be honest with each other and be vulnerable and and clear around what is expected. I think leaders sometimes have to also pull back a little bit around maybe some of the business requirements right now because it's just not feasible. People are under tremendous amount of stresses. And so that's not going to get us further ahead, right? So you want to really care for your for your people at this time so that we can support one another forward. One thing that my manager mentioned to me early on was the bar's lower than normal right now because of everything else that's going on. And even that simple sentence had created a space where I already felt less anxious with, with everything that's going on. So I think having just being vulnerable and being honest and having clear expectations can go a long way as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, for the most part, people want to do a good job. They want to excel. They want to be seen and recognized for their accomplishments. They want to be part of a team. And so if we can show a little bit of grace, a little bit of understanding and compassion during this time, it certainly goes a long way. And what's really interesting, it feels like, just like you explained, like a big relief is you know, a big relief off your shoulders, right? To, to, to have a leader share that with you. And uh, it's going to make you feel more loyal and capable and excited to do the best that you can at your job. So when we look at teams, I think there's all, all sorts of teams where there are new teams, there are teams where um, they've, they've been around for, for multiple years, et cetera, and have a good rapport with one another. But if we are if we're to look at from a manager's perspective, how can we continue to build a good human connection um, 
in a virtual environment. Mm -hmm. I think team building is a really important piece in in connection. And and that could, you know, starting off with understanding what, you know, roles and responsibilities are. How do we play with each other? And what I mean by play is how do we interact? What are some rules around um, meetings or or phone calls or even, you know, deliverables or whatever, but also adding in a little bit of fun, you know, starting off your team meeting with with um, some fun activities, some team building activities, having a cocktail hour or, you know, sharing things over a cup of tea um, every Monday morning or whatever and talking about things not oversharing things, but talking about things in your personal life that that will allow um, one another to feel connected. And I think for a leader, it's important to set that tone and what that looks like to really model some of that behavior. And uh, it really goes a long way. People pick up on that, right? People want to be heard. They want to be seen. They want to be recognized and understood that sometimes there may be challenges in their life that um, like homeschooling your children that um, that, you know, are getting in the way. But it's not at all a reflection of what their performance can be. We'll be right back. This episode of Your Next Career Step is supported by Manulife. As a trusted partner of Alumni UBC, the Manulife program is dedicated to helping UBC alumni get access to preferred rates on life, health and dental, and travel insurance. Find out more at alumni.ubc.ca slash Manulife. One thing I, I was reflecting back on kind of the main differences between working in an office setting and working from home now. And something that I would typically do often was either go for lunch or go for coffee with people. And I realized I missed that because that was my human connection and interaction with people. So now I've started to have like lunch, I guess, in quotations. Um, and as I sit in this closet recording this virtual podcast, but um, having like lunch meetings where we're walking in our own respective environments and maybe having coffee or tea as we walk and and just kind of catch up and and hear, um, I guess, the latest from from my colleagues. And I find that that's been really helpful to continue to build a human connection with people. Absolutely. And you know what's really interesting? And that is one piece that can be replicated almost to the same extent. But sometimes the best ideas come around that water cooler conversation, right? You can't help but connect with that individual as a person, but then you may also have a side conversation about your project and some really cool ideas start formulating then, right? So how can we do that? You know, how can we replicate that? And I think it is taking that opportunity to instead of waiting for that structured meeting is picking up that phone or saying, hey, you know what? I have 15 minutes. Can I bounce some ideas off of you? I'm calling you while I'm having my cup of tea. Those are great ways to connect. Do you have any other examples from companies or individuals who have successfully shifted from an in-person environment to a virtual workspace and have led their virtual team successfully? Yeah, I think, you know, a couple of the things that are important is consistency, right? Being consistent in terms of how everybody shows up and like from logistics perspective, I think the other pieces are around time zones, being respectful around how you schedule work around time zones for people that are maybe in in places that are, you know, outside of your your time zone. I think another cool way of connecting and really being effective at work is scheduling work sessions with someone that if you're working on a project 
you know, in a physical environment, you can walk over to their desk and explore something. But perhaps, you know, scheduling a Zoom call where you're working at your desk, but it gives you that opportunity to, within that hour, in that joint work session, ask some questions. So you're each working remotely, right? But you have that opportunity to be like, hey, I have a question about this problem that I'm currently working on. And it gives you that, it mimics that opportunity of being uh, desk buddies, right? Or cubicle buddies. Now you've mentioned Zoom as one platform or technology used to build, um, to build sort of effective teams and working with one another. Are there other successful, and I, and I don't mean for this to be like a plug for various technology, but are there other platforms that you have found helpful to, uh, in terms of supporting teams working in a virtual environment? Yeah, I've seen I've seen people shift um, how they work successfully into Microsoft Teams or whatever. There's there's lots of different platforms. They all have their benefits and they all have, you know, some of the challenges. Right. I think what it comes down to is having uh, consistent tech, whatever tech you choose to use, being very consistent and mindful. But I would also caution of not using too many things because we are bombarded from information from so many different areas that sometimes is a hindrance, right? It's hard to keep track. So whatever you choose, whatever your company is using or your organization, just stick consistently with one thing and use it to the, you know, to its whatever capacity. So one of the things that I think is really important, and it's been weird, I've noticed too, sometimes people have the capability of doing video calls, but they're only using the audio option of it. Well, you're missing out a ton on the visual cues from the person on the other line. So really being adamant about using, you know, the option of having that physical component because you can really read a lot from a person's body language, how they're reacting, if they're actually paying attention, not multitasking. So all of those things are really, um, really important to examine as well. So what's one thing leaders or managers can do right now to lead effective virtual team? One thing I think is leaning into the unknown. And what I mean by that is knowing that, you know, we're you know, the phrase of we're all in this together is leaning into trying to do your best and showing up, not knowing all the answers to the questions and leaning on to leaning into your team to help guide the process forward. I think I think if there's one thing that leaders can do is really learn from the experience. And the other piece to that is shifting what isn't working. So being OK to say, you know what, we tried this but this isn't working. It's not working for all of our members. So let's try that and see how that goes. It goes a long way to be able to be open that way in your leadership. And I think during a time of crisis or shift or change like this, it is paramount to to be open to that. Earlier in the conversation, you were talking about, you know, brainstorming and those ad hoc brainstorming sessions. Are there ways that, or do you have any tips on how we can collaborate or continue to brainstorm with each other in a virtual way? Yeah, I think in order to keep the conversation going, you have to be open to creative opportunities, right? So how can you mimic what could be done in a, in a boardroom session? There's lots of ways of doing that. Um, there's ways of using technology, but also just just keeping the conversation going from 
um, from session to session, right? And just being really active in participating in that and being really curious towards peeling that onion of whatever the problem is. So the more that we can share with one another and asking others for contribution, you know, peer, like a peer review of some of the content that you're working on is really helpful because it helps to bring out new ideas and new opportunities. And I think that's where, um, again, leaning, leaning on each other uh, and people's different abilities and strengths is really, really an opportunity for all of us to learn in such an environment of being virtual. What are some key principles or skill sets that are that still hold true, both from an in-person capacity versus a work from home capacity for a leader mm-hmm. for a leader? Yeah, I think, you know, the things that still stand true is being curious, having a really good ear, being objective. I think being very clear and concise with what the needs are for the team and the piece that is really exciting for me is to see what opportunities do we have for people based on their passions and their skills and their strengths. So how can we lean on in either environment to develop our people and utilize the strengths that they have and maybe even look at opportunities where they can themselves step into moments of leadership, right? How can they step into growth opportunities um, in terms of leading a project or an initiative or whatever. So so whether it's virtual or in the office, I think a leader needs to be really um, keep keep their ear to the ground, get feedback from their team and really start examining what is happening in terms of people's strengths, abilities, curiosities. It really can help build great leadership from within. So a bit of sustainability for the future. And it's just a great way to empower people to work together. Yeah, it's a really good point that with within this, there's still a lot of career and professional development that's happening. And um, as we change and adapt to the to the current environment and have various other factors at play, whether it's managing a new routine or supporting individuals within your household, there's still a lot of change. Yeah. And what we don't know, we don't know, right? So the best way to gather um, information is to ask. And I think, again, that's that piece around human connection asking, well, you know what, there's opportunities for we're having this problem. How can you help with that? Have you seen this before? So really, leaders need to ask lots of questions to try and figure out these problems that we might be experiencing or also just see what other creative solutions might be found. Naturally, and depending on where our listeners are located, they may feel isolated and going back to the office might not be the cure or even possible. So do you have any strategies or tips to not feeling isolated or what managers can do to support colleagues from being isolated? Absolutely. And it certainly depends on what type of work that you do. But I think that piece around that connection. So checking in on people face to face, right, through whatever tech you're using is really a good way to stay connected. I think a phone call is also wonderful to hear a voice on the other end instead of relying constantly on typing and emails it makes a huge difference and I think the aspects of not just the leader reaching out but encouraging that type of collaboration for all of our teammates is really key so having a balance between days of you know productivity but also days of having some face-to-face is really helpful to um, shift that piece of loneliness. 
And do you have any go-to resources that you follow for the latest trends in working from home or best practices about working from home? I think there are lots of really great resources online, like fantastic podcasts. Um, recently, I've been checking into a little bit of the work by Esther Perel, and there's a piece on LinkedIn with her on Adam with Adam Grant. I think there's this is such a hot topic bubbling through through LinkedIn and other areas. And I think we can all take little pieces of it for what fits for us. There is no formula that is perfect. There is no formula in leadership that is perfect. So I think we need to look at what works for, for us as leaders and what works for us as teammates and take little snippets here and there from all of these contributors and see what works for us so that we can, again, take care of ourselves, take care of our needs and uh, and fit into that wonderful mechanism of being part of a team and work together for some successful moments in our projects. So in a time of rapid change and uncertainty, what is the last message you'd like to share with us as we adapt to our current environment? I think this is a really exciting time. Um, despite it being really challenging, I think it's a really exciting time for leaders to get a little humble. I think it's a really exciting time for all of us to slow down and appreciate what we can do and look at productivity from a different perspective. So how can we be agile and nimble in how we do things? How can we utilize people's strengths um, to the best of their ability, right? I think there's tons of opportunity there. And I think, you know, lastly, I'll just emphasize that piece around being curious and asking questions. Um, when you work virtually, you have to lean on that so much more because things may not be as obvious, right? So, so being a little bit of a detective and finding out more information, I think, is a really exciting time. Because the truth is that we're all learning how this is functioning. And it may actually provide some more dynamic work environments for all of us for the future. Magdalena, it's been wonderful speaking with you. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise and taking the time to speak with us today. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Your Next Career Step is a production of Alumni UBC's Career Education Program. Thank you to our host, Nicole Yeasting, and to our guest, Magdalena Blasiak. Thank you to everyone involved with creating this podcast and our affinity sponsors, TD Insurance Maloche Minox, BMO Alumni UBC MasterCard, and Manulife Financial. A big thank you especially to Jenna McCann, Brian Short, Mike Omak, Pam Yan, and Daniel Flan. And of course, to you, our audience. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, rate and review this podcast to help others find us. Our next episode, How to Build Resilience During Challenging Times, featuring Dr. Wendy Carr, a professor of teaching and senior advisor to the Dean of the Faculty of Education at UBC, will be released in two weeks. See you then.